What's going on, everybody? Welcome back into Bar Top Sports Talk. Another Wednesday, another episode. It's your favorite midweek sports podcast. You're tuning in for episode 54. It's your host, as always, Tino Bernal. Co-host, Ryan, what we got to say to the people this week? What's up? It's the first, or not, yeah, technically first episode of summer. Today is the summer solstice. Summertime is officially here, no longer spring. Got, what is it? High 80 weather. Really, it feels like 90s in Kansas City. Yeah, good hooping weather. It is good hooping weather. You definitely break a sweat. I don't know how the rest of you all are feeling to our listeners out there, wherever you're listening from on your Spotify or even the RSS thing. Who knows? But we hope you guys are all having a good week. We hope you guys had a good Father's Day weekend, a safe one as well. And this week, you get to look forward to NBA Draft Week. It's not as as exciting as the NFL draft, I will say. Just because, I don't know, how do you feel about that? I know you're more of a the hoops analyst, Ryan. How how do you gauge your excitement level compared to, like, NBA draft compared to NFL draft? I feel like it might be better if we had a team. But since we don't have a team, I think it's less stress to watch. Because you're like, oh, it doesn't matter who picks who, because no matter what, it doesn't really negatively affect that. I mean, I guess you have a team, and I guess I have a team, but since we don't have, like, a hometown team, you know? I see what you mean, though. I guess, and then given the fact that the NFL draft was in Kansas City this past spring, I guess it, it added a little bit more juice to it. But nonetheless, it's still exciting. We're going to give you guys a preview of that, Give you get you up to date on the latest rumors, had some big news drop just before the show started. I'm excited to get into that. We'll be there in a few minutes. You have that to look forward to for episode 54. MLB, you have week 13 power rankings, news around the diamond. We'll give you guys the player of the week for week 12, the letters to all-star poll, trying to move Salvi up in there. Uh-huh. He's close. He's close. We have some more news with the Royals, some, mainly some minor league news. So I know last week was really negative, uh, negative Royals update, and rightfully so. They were playing bad. They had a little bright moments over this past week. I will give them that. But we, we have some positive news out of the minor leagues. And then towards the end of the show, we have not really much in the NFL. This is kind of the dead period in the NFL. After OTAs ended, you have from now basically until training camp, until really any news, unless if it's going to be contract for the Kansas City Chiefs, and that'll be Chris Jones. So hopefully we get him extended. I have one thing for the NFL, though. It has to do with the whole gambling thing going on. What's up with these knuckleheads in the NFL, Ryan? It's just stupid. Pretty simple rules to follow. So we'll give a breakdown of what the rules actually are. And then at the very end of the show, with college football season right around the corner, there was some college football news, not necessarily for the sport itself, but from the video game. NCAA football, college football, receiving a lot of backlash. I'm sure some of you have possibly seen that in the news. We're going to give kind of an update on that as well, like as I mentioned at the end of the show. But to start episode 54, since we are technically in what people have been calling it the dog days of, I guess, the sports betting world, and really there's not a whole lot going on, especially in Kansas City. You have the Royals. You have the Monarchs. I think... Sporting KC is playing. I think the KC current are playing, but really there's not much excitement besides the Monarchs. They're really the only winning team. I think I mentioned that in the last episode. 
So I kind of wanted to throw a little bit of a thing out here to, on this episode. I want to try something different. I want to kind of implement on this day in sports history. Since it is the win- summer solstice, June 21st, I wanted to give you a little tidbit, Ryan, and to you, the listeners. And you'll probably appreciate this one. So on this day, June 21st in 1858, Louisiana chess prodigy Paul Morphy arrives in Europe. Uh-oh. You know who that is? Yeah. Really? Yeah. You know I have chess books, man. Okay. We were just playing life-size chess yesterday. I know. I did see that. That's why. We are out here. That's why I thought that you would appreciate that one. That's funny you actually know who that is. Yeah, he's in a few books. There wasn't two other, like, I guess, notable news on this day all these years ago throughout history. Lots of baseball, but it was a bunch of people that don't really sound familiar. But that's enough about the little interesting tidbits. We're going to keep doing that throughout the summer. Once until we get to the NFL, we'll have more news. But for now, it's time to get an NBA draft preview. The latest rumors. We're going to give a rundown of all of this. It's been just building up all week. The news just keeps coming out. Shams, woes, even from different fake, I guess, yeah, fake news sources, the fake Twitter pages. They always get all the experts, even though they're not really experts. <laughs> Kendrick Perkins. <laughs> Guy's an idiot. But to start it off, we'll talk about the number two overall pick. We don't know who it's going to be. We know who's picking there, though. The Houston, the, not the Houston, the Charlotte Hornets are reportedly in favor of picking Brandon Miller with a number two overall pick. He has moved up in the latest mock draft from number three to number two overall. I think the talent's there. It's, it's, I just don't think that that organization as a whole has no leadership, lack of maturity from the players. They're not known for developing talent either. No, not at all. But maybe with, you know, new ownership and stuff like that, with the Jordan departure and everything, maybe they can turn it around. That's right. Michael Jordan did sell the team over the weekend. And, you know, he just keeps getting richer. He keeps winning. Even after his playing career. You go from buying the Hornets at $150 million 15 years ago to now selling them for nearly $2 billion. Is that inflation or is that because they did well over the years? Uh, no no definitely not the second one yeah i was messing with you (laughs) you almost got me there no that's 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 weird it's just sports franchises in general are going for that much in to the in today's landscape i guess in today's climate even in the nfl why would the washington football team the washington commanders go for nearly seven billion i wouldn't have expected that or even the Seattle Seahawks. I think the Seattle Seahawks are the next team to sell, and they're going to be valued around six or seven billion as well. It's just, it's interesting. Kind of it is teams that you wouldn't expect it to be not a team with a really strong brand, I guess you could say. But so that that was one of the things that caught my eye in regards to the draft. Some free agency news, or at least a look to the free agency news. Bruce Brown is testing free agency. So the now 2023 or 2022-2003 NBA champion Bruce Brown of the Denver Nuggets, he's going to find a new home. I think that was kind of an inevitable thing. I think I hinted at it last week. Yeah. But and it was funny because Mike Malone, 
mentioned in the parade how they were going to bring him back. And you could tell Bruce Brown's expression was like, yeah, I know. It reminds me of that Magic Johnson clip. I'm not going to be here. <laughs> That's good. So there's that. And then really the blockbuster. And no, not the Celtic strike. Oh, <laughs> drop the spoiler. No, I'm going to get to that in a minute. But the other trade, this was a big blockbuster. Bradley Beal traded to the Phoenix Suns over the weekend. What was that, uh, Monday or Sunday or Monday? I'm not sure. It was right when I was in the middle of all my notes about the NBA trade rumors, and it went down, and I was like, oh, all that, all that research for nothing. So I think we, did we talk about it last week? We might have. Or yeah. I, well, I think we talked about it off the show. I was it. As we were getting closer to the weekend and more news started to come out, so it was either Miami, it was either it was them and Phoenix that were going back and forth as to who was going to get Bradley Beal. For a while, it looked like Bradley Beal was going to be a Miami Heat. He's been linked to them for the last few years, him and Jimmy Butler, as a one-two punch. But ultimately, the Phoenix Suns, I think, is this collusion? So Bradley Beal's agent is related to the Phoenix Suns one of the front office executives. It's a father-son relationship. It's sketchy for sure. And they just secured that trade for essentially nothing in a way. I don't know the full trade details, but I don't believe it was... I don't believe the Wizards were really compensated for much. No, I think it was just one of those they're finally embracing the rebuild now. They kind of neglected it or didn't feel like they could get enough for Bradley Beal. And then, I don't know, they got caught holding the bag. They really did. They should have sold high when they could have. But, I mean, still they, have a, they got a bunch of second-round picks and pick swaps, so hopefully they can turn it into something. It'd be cool to see another team in the East be able to compete. So, Obviously, it'll take years, though. But Well, I mean, there, there's some good teams in there. You know, Boston. Oh, I just meant like it'd be cool to see. Oh, other teams. Because that's a random team like the Wizards to be good. Yeah. Other than the John Wall Bradley Beal there for like two years. Gilbert Arenas. Yep. No, that's throwing it back. That was before my time. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I was alive, but. The only thing I really remember about him and his time with the Wizards. No, not the gun situation. <laughs> that's why. <laughs> not that one. But no, he was on the cover of NBA Live 2006. and. And that year, they went toe-to-toe. The Wizards went toe-to-toe with the Cleveland Cavaliers, and it was a really good series. But Cleveland came out on top, I think. But I don't know. That was just something that came off my mind. And the Phoenix Suns. What do you make of this trade, Ryan? Very top-heavy, in my opinion. I feel like similar issues last year. Like you said, top-heavy. Only one person can score the ball at once. Bradley Beal's not known for being a defender. You know, KD looked old, and some of that might have just been like the rust coming off the injury, but I don't know. That's a lot of money to spend. Who's playing point guard? And is the chemistry going to be there? Because DeAndre Ayton has won it out for years now. We've all known that. It's been, that's just a known thing. Is that going to work too? Like, is that, I don't know. You can only share the ball so much, and they're not going to have a bench at all. No, zero. I'm, I'm wondering who's playing point guard. Do you really rely? on Devin Booker to be the playmaker. He's, he's shown flashes of it. I mean, when they went to the finals against the Bucks, you know, I mean, he stepped up and, 
And for really through most of his career, he's essentially been the point guard, but just like not officially because they never really had a point guard to run with him. Would they have Tyler Eulis for the longest time? Yeah, I just think it's a different running the offense and being a part of the offense. A lot of players can score, but not very many of them can run the offense effectively. But I don't know, though. You, I mean, Russell Westbrook's still out there. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So this is how the salary breaks down for the Phoenix Suns. This is brought to you by Track. always coming with the nice facts. Kevin Durant for the 2023 season is owed $47.6 million. Bradley Beald is owed $46.7 million. Devin Booker is owed $36 million. DeAndre Aiden is owed $32.4 million. They'll have, and then Campaign has $6.5 million owed. They have five players totaling $169.4 million, and they need 10 roster spots to fill, and a super, a super tax apron of $179.5 million this season. They're going to have to dig into the owner's pockets. Yeah. This year, it sounds like the luxury tax situation for baseball teams, essentially, once they go over that luxury tax. But now that you mentioned, I do think that they move on from Aiton. He was linked to the Celtics. I think he, I think now that Porzingis is gone, because I think there was four bigs that teams were really looking at before the draft and for trades or free agency. It was Porzingis, it was Cat, it was Bam, and it was Aiton. I think those four, one of those dominoes has now fallen. I feel like Aiton is probably on his way out. But then again, if, if they kept him in that trade with Washington, it almost makes me believe that they might keep him around. Yeah, or they might move him to, well, I guess it'd be tomorrow night. A slim chance, yeah. Portland might be a team to watch for. Portland is reportedly linked to Bam Adebayo, though. They've officially, the Trailblazers have officially cut ties, or not cut ties, but they basically have hung up the phone. They're no longer fielding calls for Damian Lillard. After the back and forth, do we trade him, do we not? Do we trade him, do we not? Do we trade him? Do we not? Do we trade him? No, they're not trading him anymore. So we finally figured that out today. They said that. Half my notes were in the draft stuff was about packages putting together because that's all we've seen the last few days is teams putting what packages, Portland, whatever. And then now I saw it like right before I left the house, they were like, yeah, all trade talks are done with Damian Lillard. And I'm like, uh. That's what I'm saying. There's a lot of back and forth. I think the. It kind of messes up my draft, the draft <laughs> segment for me a little bit. Oh, no worries, man. The, but the Trailblazers front office, I feel like they were really stumped on this. I think that they're making the right decision. This is something they should have went all in on when they had CJ McCollum too. Because now it's just really Dame and not really anybody else. I think they're high on what, Shaden Sharp? Mm-hmm. They're high on him. I think they have another young guy. He's a wing. Can't really remember his name though. Also, uh. Simmons and then Nurkic. Simmons is like their point guard, whatever you want to call him. Oh, yeah. Infer- I don't know. Anthony Simons. Point, I, I don't know. It feels like there's not really a difference between a point guard and like a small forward anymore. It's just kind of like you either play one through three or you play the four and the five usually. But he averaged 20. Nurkic had a lot of injuries last year, but. Nurkic has always been injured. Maybe when they're healthy. So, yeah, Pamela Bayo has been linked to them. 
Zion Williamson has been linked to the Portland Trailblazers recently. How do you feel about that? I would not touch that dude at all. <laughs> it, to be fair, though, it was one of those situations the Pelicans were kind of forced into drafting him just because of the publicity and, you know, you're trying to bring more attention to the franchise, you're trying to get local support, and everything he displayed showed that he's great, but, I mean, you, I guess you never really know a player's true work ethic and that stuff because I think it's to the point now where we've seen I just don't think you want that in the locker room. I think he might be a great teammate and stuff. You always see cool little clips about that. But I think at this point, his health stuff is more his fault than anyone else's. I mean, when they have to put in your contract stipulations on your weight and stuff, dude, like, hey. That's what uh, people in the media, I would say, and even NBA Twitter is definitely convinced of this, that he's been trying to force his way out of New Orleans for about two years now. I mean, the first year he had a he was hurt most of his rookie season. Showed out a little bit towards the end, I believe. His second year, he showed out a little bit, got hurt. This third year, he yeah, he's been in the league four years now, right? Yeah, four seasons. So yeah, over the last couple of years, people are convinced that he's been trying to force his way out. Whether it be his weight, his injuries, not coming back to the court soon enough, could he have come back? Could he have not? And then now, yeah, the recent publicity scandals Ooh, over the last few weeks that's dirty as that has transpired so people are pretty convinced that he wants out of new orleans he's just not gonna flat out he's not gonna come out and say it yeah which is weird because why would you purposely keep on weight knowing that it could affect your income and legacy for the rest of your life it's a weird situation i think how, how do you think him and damian lillard would gel together if Zion can stay healthy, I mean, obvious. I mean, because when the Pelican, when he was healthy, the Pelicans were good. They were like a very, very competitive team. Like maybe not as deep as others, but they were solid. I just don't think one player is gonna change the Trailblazers into a championship team like that. Yeah, the West is too stacked for that. Unfortunately for them. Now, this next player, he wants thirty million dollars a season. I think this past season, he showed flashes of being a solid, maybe number two option on a good team. Or no, no, I'll take that. A solid number three option. Right now, he was a number two option, sometimes a one option, just because the team was bad. I'm talking about Kyle Kuzma. How do you feel about Kuz, Ryan? I don't know. can you ever remember him doing anything great for anybody? I just know, more than anything, just inconsistent play. Helped the Lakers get a championship. Yeah. He kind of reminds me of a, like, outside of the bubble, like just a Tobias Harris type dude. Like, he might have 20 points, you know, eight boards one night, but then it'll take him two games to make up those stats, you know? That's actually a really... Not known for player. playing defense and just kind of being kind of like a... Like with all the fashion stuff and like his social media presence, kind of like a clown a little bit. <laughs> he, he is a little bit of a diva. I do like the Tobias Harris reference, though. I think that's pretty, pretty fair comparison in terms of numbers wise. But yeah. I, I think, I think this past season he he showed out. I think he proved that he can take on more of a scoring load to go along with the his versatility 
because he is, I think, a 6'9 forward. Yeah, something like that. I mean, and he's been a part of winning. Like he has, like I mentioned, he has the 2020 NBA title to his resume. Other than that, yeah, not really much. I think he can help a team win. I think he's a good name out there. $30 million a season, though. Not at that price range. I still don't think he moves the needle that much for anybody, but... I'd say he know. deserves $25 million plus at least, though. Just given that other, these, these other dudes that are getting contracts like that... That does make the market a little more difficult. I mean, it's... Stuff it, like that happens. Exactly. I think it com- it's comparable to like the wired receiver market in the NFL. Yeah. Because he is... He's, he doesn't play like a big man, but he is still a big body. He's lengthy, can shoot the ball, but if the shot's not falling, I think he's still a liability on defense. And I think he's kind of a clown. <laughs> but he seems cool, though. But Yeah, he's a funny dude. I just don't know who would give him 30 mil. So we talked a little bit about the Trailblazers here to start this episode. Zion's been linked to him. Bam's been linked to him. And now this player's been linked to them. You may like him. I I respect him to an extent a little bit. He's been he's had bad luck recently on his new team. Paul George, PG thirteen. He the Trailblazers or not the Trailblazers, the Clippers have reportedly been shopping him. And there's been reports that he can potentially team up with Damian Lillard. Now what do you think about that duo? As it I like that a lot. I guess it just depends on what the Trailblazers have to give up. Do you think they'll be able to settle the the beef from Dame eliminating? <laughs> oh, I don't know. That's something that lives with you forever. That's always there. That was iconic. That was one of the craziest things. Oh, legendary, heartbreaking to watch. Well, yeah, if you're a Thunder fan, for sure. Yeah. It's weird, Dame has never had great success in the playoffs, but he's hit some huge shots, man. Yes, yes he has. Like so, all-time great shots. Yeah. I'm interested to see what happens with that, though, because Paul George, he has been one of my favorite players ever since he was in Indiana. He, I, he's a respectable guy. He's, a, he's not the same two-way player that he used to be. He's not as explosive. He's more of a shooter now. He can still create his own shot. but. That was also like 13 years ago, too. It was. It's weird to think about, yeah. But, I, I, like I said, I still respect him. I think that he's, he's a player that can help a team win. I think he's still one of the better wings in the league. He's definitely a top 25 player still. He's an all-star. Yeah, he gets along well with all of his teammates. No off-the-court issues. Seems to be a hard worker. I mean, I think that's proven in how he came back from the leg injury. I just don't. That Clippers thing just didn't work out. Yeah, unfortunately. And it's funny, Hector, for those of you that don't know, we might have mentioned it before, we might not have, if you're new to the show or anything. Hector is a very big Lakers fan. And the funny thing about the Kawhi Leonard and Paul George era with the Clippers, they may not have had hardly any playoff success at all. And obviously the Lakers have the 2020 uh, 2020 title. But for whatever reason, the Clippers have absolutely owned the Lakers in the regular season. I don't know why, I don't know how, but they just have. I think that's funny. Because that's their championship game every time they play. It essentially is at this point, yes. So that that's a big trade to watch. Because the Clippers, 
I think they're still in a spot where they can compete, and especially if they're led with, with a healthy Kawhi Leonard. If. So, I mean, you get the right pieces back off of a Paul George trade, you know, they're probably still a fairly competitive team still. Yeah, when they gave Westbrook the freedom to do what he wanted, he played really well, especially if they can get him back on. I know I saw the report they were going to offer him, like, the vet minimum. He's already made a lot of money in his career. Maybe he will. They can move Paul George, get more money. They could turn that into a pretty competitive team, I think. Now, the next player on this list, that was as we're continuing to run through it, through the rumors, James Harden. It was mentioned after Philly lost to... Who did they lose to? Was it Boston? Mm-hmm. Yeah, after they lost to Boston in the playoffs, James Harden declined his player option. I think it was around, I think it was a thirty-six or thirty-eight million dollar player option. He declined it, and at the time, it appeared that he wanted to test free agency. Everybody thought he was going back to Houston, and not just for the Rockets. If you get that reference, hey. if you get that reference. So everyone was pretty confident they had a young ro- or they have a young roster. They have <laughs> Ime Adelka. Him and Harden would probably get along just swimmingly. Yeah. But now it seems that he could have turned that money down to help the Sixers out. Do you think what's the chances of him returning to the Sixers? There's been reports now that he could return to Philly. I hope he doesn't. Not for that much money. Well, if he's turning it down, though, that means he would have to get a restructured deal. Or not yeah. restructured deal, but he'd get a new deal, which means that he'd probably take a pay cut. I feel like he needs a big pay cut. I just don't know if it's within his nature to do that. You know what I mean? Yeah. He seems like that type of dude. So I thought that was pretty interesting because we mentioned last week that he was one of the bigger names in the free agency market this summer. But it might come, I don't know, it might come down to whether he wants to win or if he wants to uh, enjoy his off-the-court activities. Yeah. (laughs) I just don't understand how you've made so much money. You're an MVP, all-stars, all-NBA, stuff like that. Like, you'd think winning a ring would be, like, at the front of your mind. Like, I I want to win a ring. We see how all those dudes who didn't win rings, how they get clowned still 30 years after retirement. Like, now there was another player this week that, or not this week, it happened this week, but it's not the same time James Harden turned down his player option. Draymond Green declined his player option with the Golden State Warriors. Now, some people may view this as him testing the free agency market. Finally, he may finally leave the Warriors. Me, I'm not buying it. What are your thoughts on that? I don't know, man. I know they had a lot of injuries this year, but I think it was proven that, dude, the miles are starting to show for how big he is. I I don't know. I've seen a lot of rumors. I just don't see... I just don't know who would pick him up. I think he might have been one of those, like... Don't get me wrong. When you look at his resume on paper, he's first ballot hoffer. Like, there's no question whether you like him or not. I don't agree with it, but he is. Like, I saw his stats compared to some of the other bigs that have been in. But I just think he was fortunate enough to be drafted into a situation where a lot of people would have succeeded. I just don't see any, I don't see him going anywhere else. I just don't see any other team having, especially with the Jordan Poole situation, like what are you going to have him do, come in and mentor your young guys? 
I just don't see that happening either. I think he'll have to take a friendly deal with the Warriors. I think that's what it's going to ultimately be. I think that's why he turned down the player option. I think he wants to potentially run it back with the Warriors. If he's smart, he does that. Or does he go play with LeBron? That wouldn't surprise me either. <laughs> does he I th- saw some of that stuff too. Uh, it's, it, it's to the point where it's a little suspect, I got to say. Yep. Will he fulfill his lifelong dream of being LeBron fan, Stan? Yeah, I guess they're really good friends off the court. Is he? Is, okay, let me ask you this. Is he a LeBron Steve? Oh, yeah. 100%? Oh, yeah. 100%. I think, I mean, so that, there's that possibility, too. He might join the Lakers. I, for him, it just comes down to the money, though. I, don't, I think we mentioned Kyle Kuzma, $30 million. Do you pay Draymond Green at 33 years old, $30 million? No. I don't think so, either. He's a name to watch, though. I, I don't think, he, he's a winning player, but I don't know if he was on another team, I don't think he'd have the same success that he's had. No. I don't think he'd be as impactful as he has. No. I don't see it. Maybe maybe a team takes a chance on him. Maybe they don't. I don't know. I feel like he's going back to the Warriors. Because how many teams can afford to have a starter have that large of a role without scoring the ball at all? Like, almost never taking shots. Like, he got paired up with two, the greatest shooter ever, and then Clay has definitely an argument to at least be number two. Yeah, that's fair. That's a perfect scenario. Dream scenario. I mean, I know he obviously worked hard to get there. I'm not trying to discredit it. I was. Just, it was a very favorable situation. Now, moving on, as we go down the list, we're almost to the end of the list. Gary Trent and Colin Sexton, two of the more younger guys in the league. Not not breaking news, but Gary Trent is staying put in Toronto for now, I believe. I think he opted into his $18 million player option. And then Colin Sexton, the, the Utah Jazz are reportedly shopping him. What do you think his market is? I'm not sure. Is he, do you think he... Is a I feel like he had his moments last year as a six man. I don't know if teams view him as a six man or they view him as a starting point guard. That might be some of the problem, and also maybe with how well Ochai played the last thirty games of the season. Because I think he started the last like thirty two or something like that games with how well he played. Maybe he saw his role diminishing. I don't know. Maybe he wants to have a larger role somewhere else. It'll be interesting because he's still. I don't think he was fully 100% from his injury. I think he tore his ACL in 2021. Something like that. But also there wasn't a lot of shots to go around either. I don't think as many shots as he wanted to. Which is funny because he primarily plays like the one or the two. But usually he's the one. And really his play style fits the mold of the two guard in yeah. a way. But those those are two of the younger guys. Now, as we come to the list, Ryan, you might have a few more, but this was my list. CP3, one of your favorite point guards of all time. He was in the news this week. The Washington Wizards are reportedly going to either deal him or buy him out, out of his contract. He's reportedly linked to the Los Angeles Clippers now. If that happens, that he could get dealt. 
Do you think that the Clippers keep him or trade for him, or do you think they keep Russ? I say keep Russ. I think I think Russ has more a little bit more upside at this point in their in both of their careers. Especially with how well Russ was able to play in a situation where he was actually comfortable. Because, I mean, he played really well for the Clippers. Yeah, especially down the stretch. I mean, granted, he still had his, you know, his goofball moments. I don't know what's going on with him over the last few years, but it just seems like they've come out more and more. But at the same time, he's also shown greatness, that he's still great in some instances. It'll be interesting to see with Chris Paul. People, Celtics, Celtics fans on social media, they were vouching for Chris Paul to come here. I I think some of it might also depend on what kind of a role Chris Paul wants from a certain team. Like, is he still a starter? Because, dude, I mean, he can't, I don't know. I think given his health the last, really the last, Kind of his whole career, really, when you think about it, starting from the Clippers on. That dude playing a full season, that's just asking for him to get hurt in the playoffs, and it's happened. So maybe if you have him come off the bench, rest him since he is older, you can have him for the playoffs. But I don't think he's just somebody you can go out there and play for starter minutes anymore. I think his body's proven that. Yeah, he I think at this point he needs to accept a six-man role. Even before he was hurt this year, you could see he's definitely taken He's lost a step, for sure. Now, I'm wondering if teams, if he doesn't have a market, then teams probably aren't going to trade for him. I'm wondering if they're waiting, though, for the Wizards to buy him out of his contract, and then you get to sign him to a, a friendly deal. Yeah, I think the Wizards would have to pay him 9 mil to meet his contract. And that's, if you're the Wizards and you're rebuilding, and then you're not going to get any trade offers, because really you're not going to get anything back for Chris Paul in a trade at this point. So. Ethan, nine million in cap. Yeah, might as well. And then, I mean, you just move on. You're losing nine million dollars, but at the same time, I mean, he was taking up a roster spot. Yeah, I mean, realistically, what? Do, where do you expect your franchise to go within the next three seasons? You know, I mean, I just eat it. Because he obviously doesn't want to play for them. No. <laughs> he wants to win, and they're not going to win. This is like uh, the Atlanta Hawks legend. Carmelo Anthony. Yeah. Now, what are some things that have caught your eye that we haven't discussed? Anything off the top of your head? Or you got what did you got in the notes, man? I mean, I have my mock draft. I have everybody who I think is going to get drafted. But I think you went over all the trade rumors that I saw. You want to get into the mock draft then? Let's, yeah, if you're ready. Let's get into that. So. Gonna, oh, um, Lou Will retired after 17 seasons. Salute. To a legend. Six man, like I'm Lou Will. He was one of the most iconic six mans in the league. League history. On and off the court. I still love his quote, and I'll never forget it, about how he bought that $400 shirt or whatever. He was like, I wore it once, never wore it again. And then he was like, polo, three for 40. Legend. He's trying to teach game to these young kids, man. That's good. Now, before you do your mock draft, I do have what some of the experts, you know, in quotation, some of these, these guys, they'll mess up this up. So this is CBS Sports. 
Obviously, Victor Wembanyama is going to go number one overall. We mentioned Brandon Miller, number two to the Hornets. Scoot Henderson, I think, is the odds-on favorite to probably go number three to Portland if Portland trades that. I think Portland's going to trade that number three pick, though. Number four, the Rockets. They CBS Sports has them selecting Cam Whitmore of Villanova. Not really familiar with his game. Not going to lie to you all. And then number five to Detroit, Eamon Thompson of Overtime Elite. That's so weird. Overtime. They Overtime from- or Ignite. I think there's four players in the top ten that are D-League people. There are. There, and then the Magic. The CBS Sports has them selecting Azir Thompson from Overtime Elite as well. Number seven is Jarice Walker from Houston. I don't remember him at all for Houston when they were going on the NCAA tourney run. Not really. Yeah, 11 points per game, though. Jalen Hood Shafino from Indiana is projected to go number eight to the Wizards. Number nine is Taylor Hendricks out of UCF. 6'8 freshman. He averaged 15 points per game for UCF. He's projected to go to the Utah Jazz. That one's interesting. And then Anthony Black from Arkansas is projected to go number 10 to the Magic or to the Mavericks. That one's interesting. They're taking a point guard in the top 10 after they had. Do they try to get, bring back Kyrie Irving or not? Now, what does Ryan Murray's mock draft look like? This is the one that matters the most. Okay, so some of my picks are around. I don't think any of them are exactly the same. But one, obviously, Wimbenyama to the Spurs. I have Brandon Miller going to Charlotte just because I know in some of the mock drafts, I saw that Scoot Henderson was projected to go number two, and he might. But he's a 6'2 shooting guard who primarily is known for shooting the ball, but you already have LaMelo who's taken a lot of shots. So I think Brandon Miller makes sense because they were bottom 10 in offense and defense, so I don't think you want a shooting guard. I think you want someone of his size who can shoot, rebound, and play defense when he wants to at least. And then I have I have Scoot Henderson going to Portland, but that was before they said they weren't going to shop Dame because I was like, well, he's kind of a similar position as Dame, same height for the ball. They can kind of build around him, but now that they're not going to trade Damian Lillard, I, I don't know. And with there being Anthony Simons, there's really no reason to draft Scoot Henderson at that spot. So yeah. as I mentioned, I think that if they three, move Dame, I think they, I I would say go after him, but. I don't know. Number four, I have Eamon Thompson. I don't know. I just think with it, depending on what the Rockets do or if, however that works, I mean, the six seven small forward going with Kevin Porter Jr., Jalen Green, Kenyon Martin, and Jabari Smith. I don't know. But he it's weird because he's like a six seven point guard, but, but he can do everything. I think that'd be good. Then I have Cam Whitmore to Detroit. Uh, I don't know. He can play... They're also one of those teams that are pretty much terrible in every statistical category. 6'7", 40-inch vertical, small forward, plays above the rim, can guard 2 through 4. He's known for his defense, not really scoring, but just being that athletic, he's going to score. Did you say his name's Azir Thompson? I thought it was, I don't know how to pronounce that, but I have him at 7 going to Indiana. I have Taylor Hendricks going to Washington, just because I feel like he kind of plays the Kyle Kuzma role, maybe not as much of a jump shot but still a similar player, and he plays better defense. I have Derek Lively going to Utah at 9 just because I feel like 
I think he's listed as like seven one or something, but just more depth, like for the big man position. Maybe he could work his way into the starting five. And then I have Dallas taking Grady Dick. I have him moving up. On some of them, I saw him going anywhere from seven. I also saw he was linked to Orlando, but I have Grady Dick going to Dallas. I could see Grady Dick getting drafted by Dallas at number ten. It, some, that's what yeah. they need. They need shooting. Yeah, three and D hustle player. Big dude. Because think about it. You have him on the wing while you have Luka and Kyrie handling the ball. Obviously, the attention is going to be drawn to them. But then you have Grady Dick on the wing, as I mentioned. He's sneaky athletic, too. And he can slash oh, yeah. to the basket, too. He'll dunk on somebody. Yeah, I think he might move up just seeing what Christian Brown has done coming from KU. Now, I know Christian Brown was there for a couple of years and Grady Dick was a one and done. But I don't know. Some of those people I didn't know very well, so I had to watch videos on them and stuff. But. With all the trades, you never know. Like with my Portland pick, that was when I thought they were getting rid of Dame, but now they're going to keep him. So obviously, you don't want to get another shooting guard to pair with Dame. Probably go after a bit, what, like a four man or something, or solid, or maybe try and get Nurkic out of there, however you pronounce his name, and get a better five. I don't know. Also, I wanted to bring up Charlotte. I think they, if they don't trade their pick or if they don't, whatever, they have five picks this draft. 27, 34, 39, and 41, and obviously the second pick. So they could also get Brandon Miller and then try and maybe use those other picks to try and pair somebody. Like maybe another star or like some solid role players, maybe try and fix the culture a little bit. They probably need front court after that. Yep. Big man. The NBA draft to me now in today's modern game has just become so strange. You have all these different minor leagues in a way. But the main one is the G League, of course. But you have, what, the overtime, the ball is life. The leagues like that, you know what I mean? Yeah, and the overseas stuff, too. Yeah, and, and the overseas stuff, too, of course. But th- those little leagues like that, that went from being mainly a highlight reel thing that you see on social media to now these kids are skipping college to go play in there. The competition level... I don't know. It, I, I don't watch it, so I'm not sure. I can't really speak too much on it, but I can't imagine it's as competitive as Division One level basketball or the G League or overseas in, in a professional realm. It, it, it's just weird. To me, I think of how the first round of the draft goes nowadays. You The top three picks are the most important, and then after that, it's... Basically pick who's the most talented, not necessarily what position you need. Exactly. And if you're not picking in the lottery, you might as well not even have a first round pick because the back end of the first round essentially to me splits up into two sections. So if you're say the back end of the lottery, so 15 to about say 22, 23, you could compare that to probably the second round of the NFL draft. And then from 23 to 30, that might as well be the third round. And then second round, and then what's classified as the second round, it might as well be the fifth, sixth, and seventh round. Guys that more than likely aren't going to play or pan out. It's it's just, it's interesting the way it is and how players develop and how they get stashed in the G League or if they stay overseas. There's just so many different factors that go into the NBA draft. Yeah, there is. And it just seems like it's so, you just kind of hope. Like in the NFL, I feel like you, know, you have three or four years of solid, you know, film. And in the NBA now, it's like if you 
stay in college more than a couple years if you weren't a red shirt at least they almost don't even really look at you very early which i think is stupid which is weird because you think if you were like if you're a terrible team why would you want someone who might work or you could choose like someone who's already older who knows how to work hard has all the fundamentals down and ready and comes from a legit program and played three or four years against top level talent you think that would make the most sense because so many of these franchises pick these players and they're like, well, in three or four years, we think they could be the face of the franchise or this. And then you don't even hear from them anymore. Basically a guy like Jalen Wilson. Yeah. Might not even get drafted. Like that's blasphemy. Ridiculous. And I'm not even saying that as like a KU fanboy, but like at his size and he can shoot the ball, distribute the ball, rebound the ball. He's great at finishing at the rim. He's a three level, three level scorer. Can play good defense, rebounds really well for six a guy. Yeah. yeah, it seems like he's always in the middle of something. I don't understand. I think I saw a couple different mock drafts. Cause I'm just curious, but he's like last pick, second to last pick, third to last pick. Might not even get drafted. That is disrespectful. Just because he stayed in college for a couple years. Yeah, that's. I think that's stupid. Front office executives are dumb when it comes to that. You don't take the polished, the finished product because of what he's peaked but you'll take the guy that lacks fundamentals really just they're uber athletic they don't really have a skill set maybe they're a good shooter maybe they're not for the most part of their early on in their career they're more than likely just driving a guy like ben simmons or john Morant. they haven't really even those guys john Morant really hasn't expanded his game yeah i mean i think more than anything like with jalen wilson when you look at his career he has to come back from injury which is tough especially with the rosters KU has had kind of finds his spot then has to take a back door to Ochai and Christian and then he took over the team this year so it shows leadership it shows that he puts the team first it sh- I just don't understand how he wouldn't get drafted I mean I understand why he might not given how the the current state of the NBA but I just don't see why why not I hope he does. I'm rooting for him. I really am. We're always going to root for our KU boys in the NBA. I hope he does, but not even the KU aspect, just everything he has to offer. Like, I just don't understand why you wouldn't, but I guess there's a lot of players for a lot of universities that probably have similar stories that don't get picked up because of that reason, because they're just... It's weird because they'd rather, they'd rather draft a kid who might get better than, like, a young man. That's, that's what mature. you want to call him. That's like that has proven he knows how to play every role on the court. Like, why wouldn't you want that player? I'm not saying he's like a first rounder or anything. Like, maybe, yeah, maybe I'm a KU fan, so I'd argue it, but to not get drafted at all? That's just weird. People are going to regret sleeping on him. That's all I'm going to say. Now, usually, this is the time of year I like for FanDuel, because FanDuel usually puts out a kind of a prop bet, and it's free. They usually have, not the sportsbook app, sportsbook app, but the FanDuel Fantasy app. They usually put out a prop bet thing, and you can go through it. And it basically goes through, like, the top ten or different things like that. They don't have it this year. I'm disappointed. They had it last year. I did it. I did it the last two years, but they don't have it this year. So instead of doing that, I wanted, I talked to you about it before the show. What is Ryan's wish list? in the NBA draft and free agency for the Oklahoma City Thunder. 
I don't know, man. We still have so many picks, and we still have Chet coming back. It's really um, I don't know. It's hard. I think, I don't know. I was thinking about that. I know you texted me about it, and I've been thinking about it for a little bit, and I'm just, I'm not sure what direction you take now because you, I feel like you have so much talent. You just got to kind of, because I think they picked 12 or something as long as a weird trade doesn't happen. I mean, you get a lottery pick on top of a bunch of lottery picks you already have, and I think they still have three or four of the Clippers picks. Three of them are first rounds over the next couple of years, I think. So I don't know. It's hard. I guess I think you, I don't know. That's just so hard to say. I'm not sure. Maybe because you have a lottery pick, OKC doesn't really attract free agents, so I feel like you're going to have to try and, I'm not sure, man. I I think a lot of it just depends on how good Chet is and if he can compete in the NBA. I think just adding him to that roster is going to be crazy because it seems like their roster is full of, like, I don't know, that small forward, power forward type thing, and then you have Chet, and then you have Shai. So I don't know. Maybe try and go out and get a veteran point guard, but you're not going to want to trade your, you know, lottery pick for that. I don't know. It's really difficult. I don't know what direction they should go in. And they have so many picks over the next few years, too. It's really hard to say. If I'm them, if what Sam Pressy, right? If I'm him, I'm definitely trading pick number 12 and going to get a veteran. That's one thing that they're lacking. And I don't think you do it in the, maybe you do in the backcourt. I know you said, you just mentioned that you probably don't do that, but I think they could use it. Obviously, they're not going to start. Shea Gilders is your starting point guard. He's the main ball handler. Maybe they could get front court depth as well. They don't really have a legit big man. Chet, he's a four. He's not a big body. Like yeah. he's seven two, but he's not. I know exactly what you mean. Yeah, he he's not a he's not a five. So maybe you can go trade for somebody. Maybe a Bam Adebayo. Maybe a Zion Williamson. They have enough picks. They could not Zion Williamson. <laughs> they have enough picks I just don't know <laughs> over the next couple of years. They could, I think they could put a package together for just about anybody. Carl they Anthony Towns. To. No. No? No. Really? No. What's, what's he done to make you think that? But no. Other than his podcast. <laughs> I think he's a funny dude, but I just don't. And the stuff that he's been saying lately, like they're going to look back on him one day and say he changed the game. No, you don't, that's what, you that's don't what want a nutcase like that in the locker room because he's obviously off his meds or that delusional. Yeah, that was that was something else. But but think about this: you'd have Big Mur and Big Purr. <laughs> nah, man, I don't think you want that, dude. I don't exactly know who you go after, but maybe DeAndre Ayton. They was, don't they don't need scoring. I was gonna say that, but I didn't know how you felt about him. I mean. I think he'd be great for their position because you have enough scoring. You, and they have so many draft picks. I don't know, man. There's a lot. I, I'd say picking that late at 12. I just think you were so close to making the playoffs that you don't need those picks, that you need to start getting some bets. They made the play-in, right? Yes. Goaded. They were projected to win like 20-some games. I'd say go veteran. You need some older guys on the team. Yeah. Now, my wish list, I mean, Celtics basically got that today. The Kristaps Porzingis trade, we're finally getting to it. I've alluded to it a few times. and uh, He had to fix the glasses. Through the NBA segment, yes, I did. Porzingis, he's a, he's a guy that I think will gel well with 
Brown and Tatum. We need an offensive threat in the post. They didn't utilize. It's weird the way they've changed Al Horford because Al Horford used to have a post game. He used to have a post game, and now he doesn't. He's mainly just around the arc. Because there's been plenty of instances that I've seen over the last few years where Al Horford could easily back somebody down. It was a mismatch. He's matched up on a smaller guard, and he just doesn't take it because I think that team settles for too many threes. Now you get Porzingis in there, 7-2, 7-3. He can shoot over just about anybody. He's a mismatch. And then he's a bigger body, too. Defensively, I mean, he's not Robert Williams, but he's taller than Robert Williams. So at least you have that. He might just need a good situation, too. They needed, they needed front court depth. I think they answered that. I think they still have Al Horford on roster, too. It'll be, it'll be interesting now how they fill in the rest of their roster because, yeah, they had to trade Malcolm Brogdon. Malcolm Brogdon came up huge off the bench as the sixth man of the year, so you are losing that. But I think you still, I mean, you still have Marcus Smart, you still have Derek White in your backcourt, so I think they'll be okay. I think maybe you go get some backcourt help now on the bench, fill in your roster that way. But they, they, they checked my wish list. I was happy about it. I'm rooting for him. I hope he does well. I think it'd be cool. Maybe he just need. I mean, I don't feel like he went to favorable situations after New York. In New York, obviously, we know that. That wasn't favorable either, but maybe with just a fresh start and a winning culture, you know what I mean? Maybe he can really turn things around. Do you see him starting like the season as a starter, or do you see him coming off the bench? He's not coming off the bench. They're not paying him. I think he's projected to make $36 million this season. He's not coming off the bench. He's not. I think the starting five looks like Porzingis, Tatum, Brown, White, and Smart. Unless you're playing a team that runs out two bigs, then maybe you go Porzingis, Horford, Tatum, Brown, and maybe Smart. I really thought they were going to move Smart. It's. I mean, it's been in the news for probably the last three or four years that they're going to move smart. They're, they're committed to him at this point. He's something. dating somebody's daughter. <laughs> yeah, that's something surprising. Now, before we move on, we're going to get into the MLB here in a second. Unk is reportedly set to replace Pat McAfee, Uncle Shannon Sharp. You going to watch that if he gets the FanDuel show? I think I'd give it a shot, but wasn't isn't the McAfee show? He stopped doing it right because he's going to ESPN. Mm-hmm. Isn't it like three or four hours long? Yeah, it's, it's and he a, has like four people I think on there. So who are you going to pair with him? I mean, he's unk, so I'm right or die. It doesn't matter. I believe Kay Adams was one of the names that was thrown out there. I feel like you definitely have to pair him with some good people. I think he can run his own show. Yeah. Even his podcast has blown up. I, lo- I mean, I love the dude. I hope he does well, I think, no matter what. But. And then one last thing in the NBA, Slam Ball. Yes, I was hoping you saw it. Slam Ball and ESPN agreed to a two-year deal to televise Slam Ball. When's this supposed to start, though? I don't know. I remember, oh, it's probably been a while now, but I remember we tried to find it once and couldn't find it. Yeah, because it feels not that long ago we talked about it, I was going to say. That'll be exciting, though. That's not, that'll be a change of pace for ESPN. 
And especially if it, it takes place in a time, say now, when not a lot's going on in the sports world, I think that it'll draw some popularity. It says opening night, July 21st. Oh, and this And championship year. game, August 19th. This year. Wow. That's coming quick then. Okay. Oh, 2023 and 2024 season. Oh, 22. Oh, wow. I'm excited about that. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to definitely give it a look. Oh, I'm de- I mean, that, what else am I going to watch, you know? Baseball. It's entertaining. <laughs> no, it is for sure. I still watch the old clips. They'll pop up on social media or whatever, and I'm like, man, that was cool. Mm-hmm. Especially in the social media age that we're living in now, I couldn't think of a better time for it to come back. Oh, it's going to go viral. Oh, yeah. It's going to go crazy. It's going to be so, even just different personalities, antics that they do. It's, it was, a lot of those people I was telling you about on the, a lot of those like basketball uh, YouTube channels and stuff, I wouldn't be surprised if some of those guys get it too. It'll be, yeah, it would be interesting how the different aspects that come along with it. It's going to be cool. Now MLB, week 13 power rankings will run through pretty quick. Not much has changed at the top. You still have the, give me one second, Tampa Bay Rays number one. Atlanta Braves, number two. Texas Rangers, number three. The Baltimore Orioles move up to number four. The Arizona Diamondbacks. We mentioned last week how they were one of the hotter teams in the MLB. They're up to number five. The Los Angeles Dodgers, number six. Houston Astros, number seven. Dodgers and Astros have a big series this weekend. Rematch of the 2017 World Series. I saw a commercial for that, but I still know nothing about baseball. Well, if you're familiar with the... You hinted at the... Or, no, Nick did. Nick called us before the show. For the listeners, you don't know Nick, but he was talking about his son was going to try to be second baseman like Altuve just without the cheating. <laughs> so that goes to the Houston Astros cheating scandal in the 2017 World Series. They're he, still catching strays over that. Oh, yeah, dude, it's going to be in Dodger Stadium, too. So A lot of booze. Yes. Number eight, the New York Yankees. Number nine, the Miami Marlins. A lot of weird teams that usually aren't in the top 10 are playing pretty well this season, especially at this point in towards the later portion of June. And the Los Angeles Angels wrap up the top 10 for this week. Some, like I mentioned, some interesting teams. We can take a quick look at the standings. One of the hottest teams, though, that I think they're going to be in the top 10 next week. They have to be. The Cincinnati Reds. Cincinnati Reds are on an 11-game winning streak. They now lead the NL Central at 40-35. and 35. I made a FanDuel prop bet, not on them. I wish I did. I picked the Pittsburgh Pirates because the Pittsburgh Pirates were winning that division for a while. But now I'm kicking myself in the tail and wishing I had the Cincinnati Reds in that parlay. The Tampa Bay Rays still leading the East by five games. Minnesota Twins, they're going to choke. I think the Cleveland Guardians take that division eventually. Texas is still in front of Houston with five games. Atlanta is in front of Miami by only six games. Miami has played really well the month of June. They've been a surprising team. What is it, Luis Arias? Arias? He's been on fire. He's hitting 400 again. And the Arizona Diamondbacks leading the Los Angeles Dodgers by three games. Who would have thought that this year? I wouldn't have. 
some news. You have the players of the week, as I mentioned at the top of the show. We have, I believe, you have Shohei Otani. He's starting to, there was a point where he was the favorite for the AL MVP. I think that his month and really this past week only reassures that he's more than likely going to get the MVP again. He'll be back to back. Last week he hit 435. Six home runs, 12 RBI, and had an OPS of 1.893. And then on the other side for the NL, you have Michael Harris of the Atlanta Braves. I believe last week he had either a 4-for-4 or 5-for-5 hit game. He was on fire. He hit 556 last week, three home runs, nine RBIs, and had an OPS of 1.499. And then some more news we have. As I mentioned, Luis Arise. He and Bo Bichette are the two hitters to, for two players to hit 100 hits on the season. Luis Arise looks like he's going to more than likely hit for 200 hits. The dude's on fire. He's the big story in the MLB this season. Can he be the first player? I believe since 1940 to hit for 400. Something that's not been done in quite a long time. It would be pretty historic. What else do we have? We have Yuri Perez of the, I want to say, where's he at? Sorry, folks, I was going through my all my bookmarks. I lost them. I believe he was pitching for the Miami Marlins. I think over his last 27 innings, he's had a scoreless streak. I believe his ERA is below 140, I want to say. I think he might even be a rookie. Ryan, you're a fan of Field of Dreams, right? At least that, the movie? Not really. Not really? Have you ever seen it? Average. Average? So you've seen it, though? Yeah, I like what they do with it though. Now, so yeah, the 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 Field of Dreams game. Yeah, I think that's awesome. So this year it's not happening at the Field of Dreams in Jarrett or ah, I ran into this problem last year. I can't pronounce it, but it's in Iowa. The name of the town I can't remember how to pronounce it, but it's under construction this year because they've added so much to that area. They're adding basically making like a youth sports complex in a way. On top of it being a where they can host high school tournaments and I believe a few college showcases. So they've added hotels. They've added just like a, basically an entertainment district right there on the like in the cornfield as well. So that you have that. I can't remember where they're going to do it this year, but next year they're going to also incorporate Rickwood Field out of Birmingham, Alabama. Which is where the old, it's the oldest professional ballpark in the United States and former home of the Birmingham Black Barons of the Negro Leagues. So it's really cool that the MLB is starting to not only have these Field of Dreams type games at these different historic ballparks throughout the United States, but even incorporating the Negro Leagues. I think that's really cool. Yeah, I read that story. I saw it. I thought that was really cool. 
and, and as someone that doesn't care about baseball at all, it's like, hey, I'd like to watch that. So I think it's good for the game of baseball too. I wish Kansas City. I don't think we have any venues though. There's one, I think, by the Negro League Hall of Fame. They have the University of Kansas. Over the last two years, they host the Negro League Hall of Fame Baseball Classic. So the Jayhawks, they usually play somebody. And um, the Jayhawks will have a Kansas City Monarchs-themed uniform that they sometimes wear. But it's really cool that they're incorporating that. It's gone years without getting recognition. It's it's nice to see that they're finally getting their, their just due. And I saw this um, earlier this week. Or actually just yesterday, I believe. So the Athletic. We talked about how the MLB has been hinting at expansion. Especially this spring. We've mentioned quite a few different cities. Orlando, Nashville. Las Vegas, but Las Vegas isn't going to really be an expansion team. Even in Salt Lake City, we've talked about that as well. Just all these different potential candidates. The Athletic presented all the players with a survey of where they would like the MLB to expand to. The players voted in favor of Nashville as an expansion team. I think that'd be a good spot. There's not really too many teams in the South that. Or there's not really yeah too many cities. It's really just Atlanta, Atlanta, Texas. You have the Rangers. That's really in the South. And then you get into Florida. That's about it. I'm I'm for it. I think Nashville will get behind a baseball team. Yeah, we know how well their Super Bowl parade went or their draft went. Yeah. So, who knows? Maybe the baseball games, they'll host all their different bachelorette parties. <laughs> That's what drew in the, NF- the NFL draft crowd, the supposable 600,000. Still don't believe it. <laughs> <laughs> now, I- I'm excited about that. I think the N- MLB does need to expand. I think that it'll help them compete with the NFL and the NBA. They're not going to. From a viewership perspective, games are their viewership isn't going to compete with the NFL. You know, you're not going to get 15 million viewers unless it's the World Series. But I think it will it will help. It will probably draw more interest, more fan engagement because you're going to get new fans, new rivalries. New, yeah, new rivalries. There'll be different divisions. I think it'd be good for baseball. It'd be a yeah. nice change of pace. And before we move on to the Royals. We have the all-star poll. So I'll give what MLB has right now. These are your all-star leaders at each position for AL and NL. For the AL, you have Adley Rutschman still leading the catcher position. A few days ago, he had 895,000 votes. You have Salvador Perez behind him with 645,000. Kansas City, if you're listening, or even... Royals fans, if you're listening, there may not be too many out there, but just fans of the show, if you're listening, vote Salvador Perez to get into the All-Star game. That might be the only thing that keeps him a Royal. Yeah, possibly. Because Jonah Heim of the Rangers is very close behind him. I want to see Sal begin to, yeah, it could be his last All-Star game as a Royal. So it'd be a really special moment. If you could do that, we would appreciate it. First base, Vladdy Guerrero 
has nearly 2 million votes. Or no, no. He has one point, nearly 1.2 million votes. Yandy Diaz of the Tampa Bay Rays has 1.1,124,000 or 1, Yeah, that's a long number. He has over a million. Second base, you have Marcus Simeon with over 1.4 million votes. The next closest is Whit Merrifield. Old friend alert. 715,000 for Whit. Third base, you have Matt Chapman of the Blue Jays with 929,000 votes. Josh Young of the Rangers with 879,000 votes for third base. Shortstop Bo Bichette has 1.5 million votes. Corey Seager, the next closest for the Rangers at 827,000. Designated hitters, you have Shohei Otani with nearly 2 million votes at 1.8 million. And Brandon Belt of the Blue Jays, who actually is probably not going to receive many votes soon. I don't know if you saw it, Ryan. Brandon Belt. I don't know if he was being serious or not. Or, like, I don't know if he's joking around because you know Shohei Otani is just phenomenal. But he was saying that Shohei Otani should not be receiving that many votes and that it's not fair and that he should get some votes, that he's the better hitter than Shohei Otani. No, I'm not familiar. You didn't see that? No, but it sounds like some Memphis Grizzlies type stuff. I think it And is. I hate that. Yeah. Outfield, you have Aaron Judge at 1.5 million as the leading goat, vote getter. Mike Trout, Randy Rosarena, Jordan Alvarez, Kelvin, or Kevin Kermile, Kermile of the Blue Jays, and George Springer of the Blue Jays. And outside, I'll go through this quick. Sean Murphy leads catchers with 1.3 million votes. Hector was upset about that. He said Will Smith should be leading, but he's not. This makes me more nervous to go over my picks, dude, because a lot of the, my names are not on here. No, it's okay. First base, you have Freddie Freeman with 1.6 million votes. Matt Olson of the Braves at, at 638,000. Second base, Luisa Rice with over a million votes. Ozzy Albies, second. Third base, you have Nolan Arenado with 936,000 votes. Austin Riley right behind him. Shortstops, you have Orlando Arcia of the Braves with over a million votes. Francisco Lindor of the Mets with the second highest in that spot. Designated hitters, J.D. Martinez of the Dodgers with 879,000 votes. Bryce Harper right behind him. Outfielders, Ronald Acuna leads everyone by a wide margin. With 2.2 million votes. Mookie Betts behind him. Corbin Carroll, the Diamondbacks. Lourdes Gurriel Jr., the Diamondbacks behind him. Juan Soto, and then Fernando Tatis. Ryan, do you, would you like to share your ballot first, or you want me to go? Yeah, I'll get it over with. I'm so nervous. I know just a, as much about baseball as I do my biological father. It. This is going to be bad. If I butcher these names, I know I will. I can already tell it's going to be bad because a lot of those names you said aren't even on here. Do I start with American? Yeah, go ahead. So first base, Yandy Diaz. Yeah. Uh, second base, Jose Altuve. Third base, Matt Chapman. Shortstop, Tim Anderson. Outfield, Jordan Alvarez. Outfield, Randy Orozarena. Is that right? How bad am I doing so far? Not, not bad. Not bad, not good. I'd say your second baseman Altuve. 
He's played well, but he was injured for a good portion of the start of the season. Okay. So my other outfielder, uh, Harrison, is it Bader? Bader? I think so. Whatever. Then obviously Salvi is catcher, and then is my DH, Brandon Belt. <laughs> Bro, leave me alone. I don't know about this stuff. I tried. So you you saw Shohei Otani and just said, nah? Yeah. Okay. I mean, it's your first I'm time. I'm trying, It's man. your first time. It's okay. It's okay. No judgment. So... Uh, for the National League, first base, Cody Clemens. Good or bad? I don't even know who that is. Dang, really? He was near the top? I'd say Freddie Freeman was probably the obvious choice there, buddy. Dang. So second base, Luis Reyes, or however you say his name. Arras, I heard yeah. you mention him. Yeah. Uh, for third base, Nolan or... Arenado. Arenado. Is that a good one? Mm-hmm. So shortstop, Orlando Arcia. Mm-hmm. So then... Outfield Ronald Acuna, mm-hmm. Cody Bellinger, and Mookie Bet. It's not bad, yeah. Not bad. And then catcher, I don't even know. Elias Diaz, something like that. I don't know. Then the DH for the National League, I have Charlie Blackman. I don't know. I hate baseball. And <laughs> I was so nervous to do this. It's a good experiment, though, right? Yeah, I'm just a casual, though. That's okay. I, I knew, like, Four names on there. <laughs> Maybe five. You're going to get better about it, though, man. Because we're, we're going to talk the All-Star game in a few weeks, too. Because the All-Star rosters, they'll be set, and then we'll be able to preview the game. We'll see how many I got right. Okay, so mine, American. I have Yandy Diaz as well. Marcus Simeon, I think he was the leading vote getter at second base. I have him. I have Josh Young at third base. Bo Bichette at shortstop, Jordan Alvarez outfield, Aloydis Garcia of the Rangers in the outfield, Aaron Judge in the outfield, Salvi. I mean, come on. He's going to be the catcher, always. And then Shohei Otani at DH, National League. I had Freddie Freeman at first base, Luis Arias at second base, J.D. Davis of the San Francisco Giants at third base, Orlando Arcia of the Atlanta Braves at shortstop, Ronald Acuna outfield Mookie Betts outfield and I threw Fernando Tatis in there as well I kind of like him he's cool even though he did steroids he's still playing pretty well this season though Sean Murphy I have it that catcher that was the one that Hector didn't like Hector went Will Smith and then old friend alert I think you'll like this one Jorge Soler former Kansas City Royal I have him as my DH out of 18 we had six that were the same. That can't be good, huh? I will say some of yours were a little questionable, but it's okay. It was your first time. No judgment. I hope not, because I'm garbage. Maybe we get an inbox from some of the listeners, and they say, what are you thinking, man? No, I'm kidding. Be nice to Ryan on social media. I hope, dude. I don't know if I could handle that backlash. I might have to deactivate (laughs) my account. Activate one of the burners. Hey, it cannot. It can't get any worse than Kendrick Perkins. I, I mentioned it earlier. True, that was just bad. He needs to. And just, I admit it. I know nothing about baseball. I just, just did this for the show. He needs to be taken off ESPN at this point. Off TV. Yeah. Hey, if you're familiar with it, real quick, he basically cited a source from Twitter that said Jonathan Kaminga <laughs> had grown from what six eight six nine. Yeah. To seven two this summer, 
or not the, not even this summer since the season ended, which for the Warriors it ended in May. I'll let you have your own thoughts on that. Does he not have like a social media like writer? Like you know how like a lot of the sports shows like yeah they watch sports but they have writers that at least get like a script ready or like bullet points. You know, does he not have anybody overlooking the wild stuff he does? Or citing his sources. And then I also question. I almost feel like it's almost a character at this point. Like that's he just kind of says outlandish things, just you know. To go well, viral, and I mean, I guess it worked because we're here talking about it, and well, I saw it all over, you know. 100%, because that goes back to even the whole Jokic MVP controversy mm-hmm. with him. So, no, I agree. He's there for views. And at this point, it's kind of negative views. He shouldn't have the platform he does, that's for sure. No. Now, the Royals, as I mentioned, it's a little bit more positive this time around. They had a pretty exciting victory over the Los Angeles Angels over the weekend. Um, what was his name? Um, uh, Samad Taylor. I could be wrong. Let me look it up. I think that is his name. Feel pretty confident that it was. I could be wrong though. Been wrong before, haven't I? Oh, I've been wrong many times. <laughs> so on Saturday, yes, Saturday, the Royals were down. They overcame a, a deficit. At one point in the game, it was eight to two. The Royals came back and won nine or ten to nine. And then, yes, Samad Taylor, who got called up to the majors over the weekend, gets a walk-off hit in Kauffman Stadium. Big win for the Royals. It got us to nineteen. And then yesterday, we picked up win number twenty. Daniel Lynch, though, looked. Yeah, as I mentioned, I'm making I'm poking fun, but these are small victories because you know you get two young younger guys, Samad Taylor and Daniel Lynch. Yesterday, Daniel Lynch went seven innings, basically or gave up zero runs, and the Royals won. It was ugly, but they won one to nothing over Detroit. So they they aren't winning much, but the two games that they won within the past few days, pretty exciting, pretty exciting wins. Now, I mentioned this was more of a minor league report, and it is. We had some pitchers get called up. Jonathan Bolin, right-handed pitcher, got promoted to Omaha, or AAA affiliate. Christian Chamberlain, also promoted to Omaha. Chandler Chaplin, Chaplin got promoted to Northwest Arkansas, the AA affiliate. John McMillan also is going to Northwest Arkansas. And then, and then David... Sandlin is going to Quad City, which is the Royals' high A affiliate. So right below single A. And we also have, and this is brought to you by Roy- Raising Royals' Twitter page. They're pretty insightful with the minor league information that they post. I like reading some of their stuff. Now for the Royals' develop- player development, the- their affiliate standouts from June 13th to June 18th. For the Storm Chasers of Omaha, you had John Rave bat 455 last week. You had Anthony Venziano with a six innings, one-third outing, only gave up three hits and two Ks in the win. And then from Northwest Arkansas, you have Jorge Bonfacio 
with a 375 average last week, three home runs, 10 RBIs. And then for pitching, you had Noah Murdoch, two games, five innings pitch, five hits, one run, and 10 strikeouts in two games. And then our single A affiliate, I don't even know who that is. I'm not going to lie. Oh, our single A affiliate is Quad City. We had Gavin Cross, one of the Royals' top prospects in the minors, bat 300 last week. And then Chandler Chaplin, as I mentioned, he just got a promotion. He went seven innings, one game, only gave up five hits and had four strikeouts. And then our low A team is the Columbia Fireflies. Lisandro Rodriguez went seven for 22 with two sec- with two doubles, four RBI, and four walks. And then Steven Zoback, five innings pitched, three hits, zero earned runs, and three strikeouts. Some of you probably don't care, but those are just some of the key Royals guys in the minors that are making some noise. I wanted to highlight it. You got you to gotta highlight something positive with them. Yeah, whatever positive you can find, you got to focus on that. Now, the one thing for the NFL that we have for you this week I mentioned are the six key rules for all NFL players. This was released this week by the NFL Players Association, I want to say. So, it's, I mean, I feel like these are pretty straightforward, yet there are most, several players that have gotten busted from last season. Calvin Ridley, he got busted in 2021. He was formerly the Atlanta Falcons, now the Jacksonville Jaguars. These are pretty big. Like I mentioned, these are pretty simple. Follow them, you won't get suspended. Don't bet on the NFL. Don't gamble at your team facility while traveling for a road game or staying at a team hotel. Don't have someone bet for you. I, that one kind of sucks a little bit, though, because I would probably do that if I was a player. Yeah, for real. Not going to lie. The little loophole. Don't, she, don't share team inside information. So if a player is injured, you know, the team thinks they might have the upper hand. Oh, take the, take the spread, take the money line or whatever. Number five, don't enter a sports book during the NFL playing season. So what about the off season? Can you place a future bet in the off season on, say, a Super Bowl odd? I don't know. I just wouldn't risk it in general. Yeah. Don't play daily fantasy football. So FanDuel is out of the question for them. But they can play fantasy football on ESPN, I think. I feel like it's pretty straightforward. They'll save a lot of money if you don't do it. And embarrassment. Yeah. Because then you get, I think, Isaiah Rogers of the Indianapolis Colts. He's not really a key player for them. But, yeah, everyone was just bashing him. And he couldn't really defend himself. <laughs> now, I mentioned NCAA football. We're going to close out the episode 54 with this. EA Sports reported what earlier last year or last year and earlier this year that NCAA football, college football 2024 is a go. They said they had the green light given the NIL deal in place or the structure of the NIL as a green light. Everyone loved college football 2014. Did you have that game? <laughs> it was one of the best ones that they made. I still remember NCAA football 2007 with Reggie Bush on the cover. That was also a favorite of mine. It may no longer happen, depending on if this lawsuit, if it gets ugly or not. So, reported by Front Office Sports, EA Sports is being sued by the Brander Group for the NIL deals 
that is offering athletes to participate in the EA Sports college football video game. Now, it was reported a few weeks ago that players, because that the whole dilemma for why the NCAA college football game was disbanded after 2014 was because of name, image, and likeness. Players wanted to get compensated for basically being in the video game, and they weren't. So now that we have the NIL in place, players were going to be paid $500 for their name, image, and likeness in the video game. Now, for some college football players, they might be fine with it. I, it depends on the situation you come from. If you're getting $500 and you come from a, you know, a well-raised, or not even well-raised home, but a higher-income home, you're not going to really scoff at $500. But from someone that really comes from nothing, and some of these athletes are just struggling, not even from a school standpoint, but from a home, from a financial, from nutritional standpoint, they're going to want more than $500. For sure. I think that, what, what do you think, Ryan? What do you think a, a realistic number would be for these players? I'm not really sure. I mean, I was looking at some of the stats, and you got to think Madden on any given year is going to sell around 150K copies, give or take. Not, and you got to think those are what now, like 65 bucks a piece, not counting all, you know, how they come out with like the Hall of Fame edition and all that stuff. Like, what? I, I don't see why people get so angry that these kids want to get paid. I understand the argument. They're getting a free education. So, like, we're talking about billion-dollar organizations that don't care about you or the kids or anybody else. So now, like, people are upset the kids are going to get paid. That's, that is just so weird to me. Like, give them their bread. I just wonder what what is the number that they want? Or what's the number that the player organization I think that they're starting the players association that they're starting and the brander group what's the number that they want what's the number that they're going to throw out because you can't, it can't be something crazy you know yeah and also with how many people are on a football roster in college I don't know and then it also goes like are there going to be tiers you know like are the like top NFL prospects like would they get paid more than you know your third string you know and that's a really good point too so i understand it's tricky but i don't know maybe you factor in i think another thing is when you think of i want to do the quick math here because i know there are a ton of football teams so let's just say it doesn't outsell mad 23 so just 150,000 units let's just say an even 60 that's 9 million but that's not going to count all the microtransactions that happen on that game as well. Do they? I don't know. Because with the microtransactions and stuff like the My Ultimate Team or whatever they call it, Madden, like that brings in a crazy amount of money too. I don't so think they do, could do, do that factor for that. In, I, I don't know a good way to do it, but I think some of those players definitely, I think they deserve something. I don't know what the correct number would be because obviously they're not going to make it if they lose money on it, but... It's going to be interesting to see how it gets dealt because you did mention, think about the amount of college college teams. So I think the FBS has over 125 teams in the Division One FBS division. Now those are teams that are 
could be eligible for the college football playoff, basically. They're not, they don't necessarily have to be power five schools. But so think about that. We'll say 125 teams, just to throw that out there. There's roughly 75 players on each team, sometimes even more than that. So coming up with a dollar amount for that many kids, it, it can get tricky. Yeah, it can. But I do see with the, the frustration from the players and from Brander Group. The Brander Group, I'm not really familiar with them, but I think they, they represent the players. They probably have the players' best interest. Apparently, they weren't involved in the negotiate, negotiations for the NCAA football. Yeah, it's a tricky situation. I just feel like, obviously, if they're going to be put in a video game, they need to be compensated. But I, it's just too hard to put a dollar amount on it. It's going to be something to watch. I really hope they can get it figured out and it doesn't get ugly because I do miss that game. Yeah, but with what we were talking about, they sell 150K units and we said $60 even, that's $9 million. And you said there's 126 teams? Yes, or just roughly, yeah. And there's what, seven, like scholarship players, how many on a team at any given moment? Could be anywhere from 75 to 90 something kids. So it sounds to me like if they go off total sales, they be better off sticking with the 500. Yeah. There, I think it's going to have to be some compromise, you know. So we'll, we'll see on that. I'm sure we're going to get some more news, especially as we get closer to the college football season, for sure. That's all we have for you guys for episode 54. Hope you guys enjoy. Tune back in for episode 55, and we'll see you guys then.